Good morning and welcome to WPPA Sports Saturday. Saturday, May 16th. Big show coming your way today. Huge. We're going to talk Wicked Tuna today on Sports Saturday. Yummy. Don't forget, we got to thank our benefactors. None bigger than CACL Financial, 1800 West Market Street in the city of Pottsville. They're always open online at CACLFCU.org. And don't forget their new location. Yeah, right along the St. Clair Port Carbon Highway with drive through services now available at CACL Financial. Voted the number one lending institution for the past six consecutive years. Why is that? Because you won't find a better fiduciary relationship anywhere. Woo! Thank you to BG's Value Markets, of course, uh, our frontline workers getting the job done day in and day out. There are four locations, Millersburg, Jonestown, Pine Grove, and Minersville. Please be patient as stock is getting back on the shelves. Things starting to look like normal at BG's Value Markets. Starting to uh, get some uh, canned goods back there and all the other things uh, that uh, has been uh, depleted over the last few weeks. So be patient with our friends at BG's Value Markets. And remember, the grilling season is now upon us, and you want the freshest meat for the hottest irons of that barbecue grill, Chaz. Where do you go? You go to BG's because if their meat was any fresher, you'd have to slap it. And don't forget Gears Dairy, Schuylkill County's oldest family-owned full-service dairy. Breaking news, breaking news, new product. <laughs> About to hit store shelves, half gallons and plastic pints. Chaz, what is it? Raspberry tea. Yeah, raspberry tea going to hit the air uh, store shelves here shortly from Gears Dairy, a new product offering for the uh, summer months to quench that thirst. Remember, the official hydrator WPPA Sports Saturday, it's Gears Dairy. Check them out, the full dairy line from whole milk to skim milk. The orange juice to get that vitamin C rolling and getting that uh, immune system pumped on up on a Saturday morning and the delicious iced tea and fruit drink products, now including soon raspberry ice I'm going to have tea. to make, a, make an inquiry at the dairy. And see if that's coming out in a diet product as well, which I'm really, 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 really hoping for. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a lot of people hoping that it would come out in a diet variety. But uh, let's roll on, brother. we got a big show today. Dave Marciano joining mm -hmm. us. Captain Dave. Captain Dave Marciano joining us. Talking about Wicked Tuna, the National Geographic series. Uh, Dave is uh, featured there with his... Uh, fishing vessel uh i believe he doesn't have the same fishing vessel uh it, right hard now, merchandise right it's, right uh, now it's the falcon he's it's running a falcon. The, after it's you. a name after me the falcon the yeah, falcon the falcon <laughs> your nickname some may not know or some that do listen may know when you were a young man was falcon eddie it was my original nickname it was your original it was, nickname it was and there. we cannot explain why it was your original nickname well I would we can not. oh no. I, you want me to go no. start you go whoa, whoa 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 because you're explanation of the emblem of Poland is not exactly the reason how you got that nickname. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, no, they no, 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 no. I know, I'm joking. No. Uh, we, 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 it, it is not uh, fit for the fan, uh, family-friendly show, but hey, we've got some things to talk about. Uh, even though uh, no sports on the fields or Although on the if, diamonds. If, or if people really want to know, I guess they could uh, hit us up on our 
No, I, I can't page. do it on Facebook either. You won't do it on Facebook. No, either. I can't do that on Facebook. That would show <laughs> shine negativity on the program. Because I have a question for your mom. Did she let you kiss her with that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's continue on. A lot of things going on, Chaz. Even though we don't have any action on the field, the PIAA still getting uh, things done. They have to still keep the wheels of moving, and, and they are. And I mean, you know. The, the target right now on a look-and-see basis for the PIAA yep. is July 1 to allow some organization to get back to some of uh, the sports that are under the auspices of the PIAA. July 1 is the target date. However, auspices. they have been very, very honest in saying it's really going to depend when areas get the governor's green light. Or even under the green light, they're not quite sure that they're going to say go full bore. Uh, they're waiting for the phase after the green, which is the all clear or something like that. Well, you got the you got the yellow, and I know in yellow, uh, Chaz, and everybody's pushing. You know, I mean, for this yellow, 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 it doesn't really much change a lot of things. Uh, organized sports are still not permitted, uh, so that means like no uh, little league, teen or legion. Uh, uh, travel teams, stuff like that. That that is not permitted under uh, the yellow phase either. So, you know, I mean, we've got to get to that green phase. That's the ultimate goal till we get back to um, what we would believe would be some type of, of normalcy. And as we're seeing now, and there's such a such a variation of you know, I mean, how this works, and you know, I mean, and how it how it has panned out so far. I don't think. On this side of the state, we're going to see green uh, for a while. You know, I mean, you might see some of those western sides uh, start moving to green, but then again, you have more sticks than people. What what and, what what I'm hoping, and and in all of this, is that places don't get to green before people other places get out of the red. I think that's a that will create a bigger issue than where it's at right now. If a, if a county goes green while others who may not have over a couple thousand cases stay, you know, red. The ones that have a couple thousand cases, all right, I can understand that staying red a little longer. But uh, so so I, I think people need to be very, very cautiously optimistic in, in, in getting things moving forward. Well, let's talk a little bit. Uh, I mean, that's for another program. PIAA is not planning right now to uh, move football to the spring. And move the spring sports to the fall is that the idea right now is Correct. in Ohio. The PIAA is saying that is not a great idea for the fact that the spring sports had one season canceled. Now you're canceling two years of the spring sports. That's the way they looked at that and kind of a fairness and, and, and equity deal right there. Um, you know, the PIAA requires five days of mandatory heat acclimatization, a week of practice before a scrimmage, another week before the first game. So they're trying to figure out how they can get that all done. The earliest date for football heat act is August 5th. That's the earliest you can start that. August 12th is the scheduled first date for golf, girls, tennis, cross country, girls, volleyball, field hockey, soccer, and football. First regular contest for golf is August 15th. Saturday, August 17th is the first scrimmage date for tennis and cross-country, volleyball, field hockey, soccer, and football. August 19th is the first regular season contest for girls tennis. August 23rd is opening night, high school football. That is week zero, okay? 
Other places start a week later than that, like the 28th. And the 30th is the first playing date for cross-country volleyball, field hockey, and soccer. So, you know, they're, they're, they're taking all these factors into account on how to open things up. And, uh, you know, they're just not sure when. And it's all going to hinge upon the governor's office, the Department of Health, and CDC and all that. You know, if you look, in Greene County, outdoor athletics may be conducted, but there's restrictions. Areas will be open for controlled non-contact practices, clinics, and modified game rules. There's a limit of 25 people, including coaches and spectators, per scheduled field or court, and no self-serve concessions will be allowed. The final phase in the governor's chart is referred to as phase out, and that is is when it will only be then that outdoor athletics will be open to full capacity. Wow. So, so that's the deep dive as far as our sports bloosh. are concerned. Red and yellow, all outdoor recreation surrounding athletics is to be closed in red and yellow. Green, a 25-person total is all you can have. So How do you seven, play football? Seven on seven, <laughs> so you have 14. Right there, and then participants. Got, then you have a couple of coaches and a couple of reserves, and you're you're pretty much you've got nine well, more spaces. I, well, here here's here's my question. You know, I mean, like, look at this realistically. We were talking eleven on eleven football. That's twenty two. We've got three refs. That means there's no coaches. <laughs> and, <laughs> you, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Doctor Lombardi has made it abundantly clear: athletics returns after school opens. Their student athletes. Student comes first. Yeah. And then athletics will follow. So it'll be interesting to see through all the phases of how this all works out. But yeah. the PIAA does have a virtual meeting coming up, I believe, this week. Yeah. They did do uh, some things, uh, Chaz, uh, uh, in uh, recent uh, meetings and stuff. Uh, they proposed some updates. And, uh, well, one of the big ones is the update to Article 8, Section 8, and in the uh, language of disqualification. Uh, the third reading will be coming up. It will start, uh, if passed, and we believe it will pass, uh, it will start with the uh, 2020 fall sports season. Um, the general rule is sportsmanship, the core principle in interscholastic athletics actions, which are unethical and or intended to demean. You're going to go with the uh, one in your right hand. Uh, embarrass, <laughs> imitate, uh, or injure opposing contestants. Team spectators and our officials are considered are considered unsportsmanlike and will not be tolerated since they are contrary to the purposes of the PIAA and convey messages and lessons incompatible with the reasons why high school sports exist. Mandatory disqualification, if you <coughs> break one of those rules, is one game. Any coach or contestant while coaching or competing for a PIAA member school is ejected by, uh, from a contest by a state high school association recognized and or registered official in a sport for unsportsmanlike conduct or flagrant misconduct is disqualified from coaching or participating for the remainder of the day and in all contests on the next contest day of the same level, varsity, JV, or otherwise, of competition from which the coach and or uh, contestant was previously disqualified. For a coach, participation in the next contest includes any contact by the coach with members of the team including other coaches between the time that the team arrives at the contest site and the conclusion of the last contest of the day. The principal must direct the coach 
not to attend all of the contact or contests. That is the mandatory disqualification. Then you have the enhanced disqualification, and it is a two-game suspension, and this is the new section, Chaz. Okay. Go ahead. Talk you about got, it. Oh, oh, I thought you go were ahead, No, go ahead. You're on fire. So any coach and or contestant who is ejected from a contest by a state high school association recognized and or registered official and a competent uh, of the ejection is confronting, contacting, or addressing a coach contestant or official using foul or vulgar language or physical contact will be disqualified from competition for the remainder of the day and the next two contests, including all contests on the next two contest days of the same level of competition from which the coach and or contestant was previously disqualified. For the purpose of this provision, the jurisdictions of the officials to apply and enforce this rule begins upon the official's arrival at the contest site and ends when the official leaves the contest site. The contest site is defined as premises to, on which the competition surface is located and includes the entirety of the premises and parking areas. When the enhanced disqualification implicates a contestant, and in addition to the two contestants or contest disqualification, the contestant may not return to competition re, uh, representing the contestant school until the contestant completes the NFHS sportsmanship program at the student uh, at the NFHS Learn online, and provides a certification of completion of this program to the student's principal, and the principal submits the certification to the PIAA district sports chairman. A coach disqualified under this provision may not return to competition representing the coach's school until the coach completes the same program and uh, also the teaching and modeling behavior program and provides a certificate of completion of these two programs to the coach's principal and the principal submits the certification to the PIAA district sports chairman. A PIAA district sports committee may, at its discretion, convene a hearing to address any and all disqualifications and provide additional penalties as warranted by the circumstances. So So that means you get fouled, you get a flagrant foul in Mm -hmm. basketball, and you turn around and say, what were you looking at, you... Okay? You... What are you looking at, you... Correct. You're going to get disqualified. Yes. Not just for that game and the next game, but you're going to get disqualified for that game, two games, and then you're going to have to come back with an online certificate. Course, certificate. Two of them as a coach. As a coach, you got to get two of them. I like it. It'll put a little bit more. I, I noticed well, things wait, have gotten whoa, whoa, a little whoa, whoa. loose. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a minute. I respect and I believe this is a great thing. Okay, now how many, how long have you been doing games on the radio? A long time. How many times have you seen somebody ejected? (sighs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, well, once, once, once. Yes, yeah, Uh once. once. In all of your years of broadcast excellence. Yes. Okay, now think about it. How many times have you heard somebody rip an official? Oh, a lot. Where where we don't hear. Hey, yo, you. Or we wish we had some of this stuff going on. Yeah. Okay? A lot. All right. So now I guess the question begs for some of our friends in the officiating business. 
is this something now that they have to focus on because this new rule is coming down? Because, quite frankly, I don't foresee. I, I, I see officials using, could it be jurisprudence maybe? <laughs> or something where they kind of just let it go and keep on wandering by figuring, well, calm down if he doesn't. Anymore. Now, some officials, their egos are so fragile, the first utterance of a curse they hear, you're getting a technical. Anyway, do they don't fill out, they don't want to fill out that paperwork, I don't think. Some folks, I can't speak for all of them, or they just think, well, you know, it's part of the whole aspect of it, and we just kind of see if they simmer down. I, I, I don't know. So, I mean, that's where this whole new rule, which is great and a great idea, make people go through, I guess, some sensitivity training is the best way I can put it, or some education on how to how to have proper demeanor, um, is great. And I get it. And it's fully warranted. But it all comes with the enforcement of the new rules as to where we're going to see what happens. A lot of, a lot of officials also don't want to see a kid miss a contest. It's, it's, it's increasingly more that it won't happen the farther in a playoff run a team gets because an official then feels they're responsible for taking a kid out of a playoff game. <clears throat> or a coach. But let us let me ask you this. What did you just say about Dr. Lombardi and about athletic contests and about uh, there'll be nothing until school's open because what comes first? Student. Okay, student. All right. So is this athletic contest in a learning environment? It absolutely is. Okay. Is Stadiums learning... and courts and all sorts of things, uh, are they're it, all part of it, the educational a... process. And it's said about the premises being even including the parking lots and all that stuff, right? Correct. Okay. So here's my spot. All right. And, you know, I mean, you're going to probably tell me, oh, you don't understand or they have so many problems. No, I'm not going to tell you any It's that. a different world. No, I'm not going to tell you that either. Okay. The problem comes into the enforcement of it. If it's not enforced, it doesn't matter. And well, it hasn't it been be. very well enforced. Listen, I could tell you a lot of stadiums that we've broadcasted in where I thought fans should have been ejected for what they've been saying. And that goes untouched. Yeah. Well, Do you know what I'm saying? I think sometimes when you look at this stuff, and you know, I always talk about the bleacher coaches. Yeah. Okay. The coaches sitting in the bleachers, and I always, you know, uh, they always know better. Well, then uh, the next time the job opens, apply for it, and and you see how easy it is, and you know everybody expects you know this or you know oh well we should have did that when we did this. Well, you know, next time the job's open, apply for it. You have the I, same I saw, amount I, of. I, I saw a coach get a technical for, for saying a, a bad word. Yeah. Okay. He didn't get ejected, but he got a technical. Yeah, and he wasn't even talking to the official. But if he says a bad word and he's talking to, the, or he gets a he gets a technical, and then he continues on, John, that that's where it's at, Chaz. You know what I mean? I mean, you get the first one; it's a technical. All right, you got the technical, bad bad boy. You know, you got the you know sideline warning in football, or you got you know this or that in baseball, and you know you got that. That's fine. It's when it continues is where it shouldn't continue, you know? And that's mm -hmm. to the point, I mean, where you have to decide where you're going to make that I'm just saying it's, it's all in the enforcement of the rule. Yeah, and I think it's a good rule, and it should I, be enforced. I don't, I don't debate the rule and how good it is. But right. I, I debate the enforcement. I'm not going to tell you people get, people get a free pass because they got <laughs> problems. Let's take a break and address more <laughs> issues. P-I-A-A, before we... 
Talk to Dave Marciano this morning here on Sports Saturday. We're going fishing! On AM 1360, 106 FM, around the world at WPPARadio.com. Fish on! If you missed the program, don't forget that we're a podcast. Check us out, anchor.fm, our host site. You can get us on Google, Apple, and all other podcast platforms. Does your bank come to mind when you think about the best things in your life? If not, consider a financial institution who has the experience in customer satisfaction. At CACL Financial, we've been voted the best bank in Schuylkill County for six years in a row. If you live, work, or worship in Schuylkill County, then CACL can help you with your financial needs. We have top quality products like free checking, lower fees, and better deposit rates than the competition. CACL Financial's goal is to deliver quality financial services to our members. Find out for yourself how it feels to work with a financial institution that's committed to helping you. Now, even more convenient with our newest location on the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway with easy in and out drive through banking and a state-of-the-art ATM. CACL Financial voted the best bank in Schuylkill County six years in a row in Pottsville and now on the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway. Trust CACL Financial committed to your customer satisfaction. Gears Dairy on the Tumbling Run Road is the county's oldest full-service family-owned dairy. Gears prides themselves on their high standards and offers quality produced milk products as well as orange juice, fruit drinks, and their very own popular iced tea. Make Gears a name you invite into your home every day. Look for Gears products in your favorite supermarket or convenience store. Gears Dairy on the Tumbling Run Road, the county's oldest full-service family-owned dairy, always committed to excellence. Are you calmed down yet? Oh, I'm calmed down. All right, I just want to make sure you're calmed down. Cool as a cucumber. At peace with myself. You're at peace with yourself. Anyway, there are some frequently asked questions out there of the PIAA due to all the uh, COVID-19 situation that we're in right now. And, you know, like one, will there be another year of eligibility for high school seniors that miss their (laughs) season? No. Students have four consecutive years, eight consecutive semesters or the equivalent after their eighth grade year. So there will not be any <laughs> extra time here for high school athletes. I'm 21. Um, Let's hit the... <laughs> you know, I mean, everything Everything is uh, certainly calm and nothing happens until July 1, thanks to uh, the closure of schools until June 30th. Uh, academic eligibility for students. Uh, now that they're receiving education online, are there any changes to the requirements? And there's no change to the PIAA minimum academic standard that a student must have passed four full credit subjects or the equivalent, including the second semester of the 1920 school year impacted by the pandemic. PIAA rules only require receiving credit, so pass or fail without a letter grade is acceptable. A school, a school may determine on its own to waive rules or standards that are stronger than the PIAA minimum, so schools can enact letter grades or GPAs or something like that. They can go further. If they wanted to. The decision with the fall sports, of course, they're scheduled to begin as planned at this point in time. Any changes will change that. Out of season activities, of course, July 1st is the number there. Uh, The transfer rule came into a question. If a student was determined to sit out this spring sports season because that student had transferred and triggered the postseason transfer rule, will they have to sit out again next spring postseason? The answer to that is no. Transfers will not have to sit out again next spring. The season will count as their period of ineligibility that was called off right now. 
Now, coaches during this time, can a school coach provide guidance on the types of workouts and skills that individuals from their team can complete on a voluntary basis from home? Yes, they can. It's allowed as long as coaches aren't requiring individuals from their team to practice the skills or complete the workouts. Cheerleading programs permitted to hold virtual tryouts where they would review video or watch live. That's a local school decision. PIAA doesn't have any rule in place to prevent that. Now, can coaches run youth camps if allowed to, quote-unquote, open the economy and restrictions are removed? Any school-related athletic activities involving school students, regardless of age, school coaches or school facilities shall remain closed until June 30th. If a coach runs a youth camp as an individual private citizen, separate from any school association, they would be subject to the guidelines slash timelines as detailed by Governor Wolf. If the order were to change, further guidance would be provided. Now, the officials have some areas that, uh, you know, that they had questions. Yeah, will they be allowed to have an extension or waiver for the background clearances? And the PIAA says, nope, they don't have the authority to provide any type of extension or waiver for background clearances. That is something that is beyond their control and is regulated by state law. When one of the uh, clearances uh, expires, officials are not permitted to officiate. How many meetings do spring sport officials have to attend to avoid suspension? All meeting requirements have been waived for spring sport officials. Got that, Bernie? And will the 2020 PIAA officials uh, convention still be held in August? They have not made a decision at this time. Contact will be made individually to all the officials when it is made. For the general public, Chaz? Right. The classifications, what's going to happen with the competition formula for basketball? It will be in effect. Yeah. They will use results from the 2019 championships in addition to results through the 2020 quarterfinal championship games to determine which teams have accumulated six points over the two-year cycle. Additionally, those teams identified will be required to confirm athletic transfers they received based on data they supplied to the PIAA. So there you go. You got it. That's the, the best we can inform right now. We're not quite sure. We know July 1st is that targeted date for things to get ready and to ramp up, as they say, doctor, as uh, we get set to hopefully have a football season. I know we're, we're all excited. We started up tomorrow. We we're started up. We're ramping up tomorrow. We're ramping up tomorrow. Okay, are you ready? We're ramping up tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. We started talking about the 2020 WPPAT 102 football guide around here. Yeah. In hopes that the fall sports goes off. It will be the 25th edition of the guide. Should we get this done? We're looking at trying to get a bunch of different features in there, uh, all sorts of things moving that forward. A full color book for the 25th anniversary has been discussed. Silver edition. So we'll have to wait and see. And, of course, your writings will be featured quite harmoniously, Edward, as we take a look at what's going to happen. But what do you say? Let's take a break. Let's get Dave Morrison on the program. You think we should? Let's go fishing. All right. We will go fishing. We're going racing tomorrow. We are going racing tomorrow. Yeah. Live and full swing. But uh, we'll come back. We have Dave Marciano, the captain of the Falcon. On the hit series Wicked Tuna that you can find on the National Geographic Channel Sunday nights at 9 o'clock. He's coming up around the corner here on Sports Saturday on AM 1360, 106 FM, around the world at WPPARadio.com. Don't forget the podcast. You'll find us at Anchor.fm and then also at Google, uh, Spotify, Apple, and all your favorite podcast platforms.
Does your bank come to mind when you think about the best things in your life? If not, consider a financial institution who has the experience in customer satisfaction. At CACL Financial, we've been voted the best bank in Schuylkill County for six years in a row. If you live, work, or worship in Schuylkill County, then CACL can help you with your financial needs. We have top quality products like free checking, lower fees, and better deposit rates than the competition. CACL Financial's goal is to deliver quality financial services to our members. Find out for yourself how it feels to work with a financial institution that's committed to helping you. Now, even more convenient with our newest location on the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway with easy in and out drive through banking and a state-of-the-art ATM. CACL Financial voted the best bank in Schuylkill County six years in a row in Pottsville and now on the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway. Trust CACL Financial committed to your customer satisfaction. Satisfaction. Welcome back to WPPA Sports Saturday. A special show here today as uh, we are going fishing, Chaz. And uh, we're going fishing, not for trout like in Pennsylvania, but we're going for the big fish, the tuna in the canyons of the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, we got Dave Marciano on the program. He's uh, one of the skippers of the uh, uh, program Wicked Tuna on the Nat Geo channel. And uh, the skipper, uh, the captain of hard merchandise. Dave, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're doing okay. It's uh, this is a, a, a great uh, for us to be able to talk to somebody that's uh, well, for lack of a better terms, bouncing around on boats and uh, well, keeping the food supply moving. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I truly appreciate the opportunity. Dave, you've been in this business for a long time, and uh, it certainly can't be easy. I mean, some things, some days are great, and other days. Well, you just come up skunked. And, you know, how do you balance it all and keep yourself on the level, particularly when you're in a place where you really can't see much around you other than something flat? <laughs> well, look, it's always been a challenge in, as a fisherman. It's always been a game of feast of famine, right? So, you know, early on, many years ago, we, you know, we learned if we're going to be a fishing family, you got to save for the rainy days, you know, when it's good. So... Uh, fortunately, we're, we're able to do that, but it takes a family to do that. You know, without my wife, Nancy, at home, um, you know, being being prepared for those lean times, we, we would have never made it through, you know. Uh, and it's always, again, I, I'm not unique. We're just uh, a few individuals of, of a, a great many individuals who are out there fishing for a living. Dave, uh, back in the day when the family uh, parta- uh, partaked into this uh, adventure of running a fishing boat, did you ever think you'd go from just a fishing guy out of Gloucester, Mass., to a television star? Not in a million years, guys. Not, not in, Look, not even in, you know, talking in the bar rooms with the BS stories, um, you know, did, did it ever even come to the fantasy list? Like, hey, you guys better watch out because someday – you know, I'm going to be there. Not in a million years did we ever see this coming. So obviously, we're very thankful for the opportunity now that it has arrived. You know, what, what's it like, Dave, to be in the situation, though, where you're out doing your everyday work? Now, you know, sometimes the seas aren't very easy to walk around the boat, to get things done, to do your job, <laughs> to, 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 to land these fish the sheer size of them. Now you're adding television crews and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. How was it learning that transition? Uh, look, it was it was a challenge, but the film crews from Pilgrim Productions, the production company that produces our show, 
you know, they're all professionals, and they, they knew what they were getting into. They knew it was going to be a challenge. But it was definitely, without a doubt, there was a learning curve, you know, for both of us. Number one, you know, they had to learn how to stay out of the way. And then for my part in it, you know, I was trying to tell them to the best of my ability what to expect and what may or may not happen. But given the fact that we're on a boat and we are fishing, uh, you know, as you guys can imagine, things don't always go according to the plan, so to speak. So, you know, we all had to learn to kind of roll with the punches and get what we could to make make it all happen. You know, it's, it was it's definitely been uh, an amazing experience and opportunity, without a doubt. Dave, uh, one of the things that, uh, you mean, when I watch the show, uh, which I'm a very avid uh, viewer of, but uh, one of the things that I notice is, I mean, a lot of times it's sunny out there. Last summer, I had the opportunity to go out fishing, and uh, it was beautiful inland, but we got out to about 15 miles off the coast of New Jersey, and we had about 12 to 15-foot seas. Yep, yeah, it can be like that, yeah. the, uh, The ocean is a challenging environment, to say the least. You know, when you take a look at it, you know, the, the Gloucester men were, were well documented in the movie Perfect Storm. You know, when you take a look at something like that and the inherent dangers of being out at sea, you know, sometimes you just don't take anything for granted, do you? No, 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 you never can. That's a great way to get hurt is to, you know, underestimate or or not not, you know, be prepared for anything when it comes to being out there fishing on a boat. Dave, a a few years ago, a few seasons back, uh, you had the opportunity to have your college-age son on the boat with you for the whole summer, and you've got to spend a lot of time with him. Uh, A lot of us nowadays are spending a lot of time with our family, a lot more than we're used to. But uh, you were able to do that, and you said you learned a lot from him, and you learned a lot about him, and he learned a lot about you. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, because he was off at school. He always liked fishing. Uh, you know, but Jay was my full-time crew for the longest time, and then when he when he finally graduated, you know, he was able to come on the boat with me, and you know, it was definitely uh, you know, there's a lot of bonding time when we're out there for you know days on end around the clock. You get to do a lot of talking, so it was certainly great to you know reconnect with my son at the time, and you know, I'm sure like you all know, you know, this time that we're all going through, it's been kind of a little bit of the same thing we have the whole family home at the house here and you know it's been challenging at times and it's been very rewarding at times but uh you know i think as a society we're we're all learning a lot from this um time in our lives i like to say you know it's, it's a tough thing sometimes to talk about for some people but you know my 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 opinion for what it's worth my two cents is you know, the world isn't ending, but certainly changing. And I'd certainly like to think when, when we all make it through this that, you know, we're going to come out better on the other side. You know, Dave, on the show, you're the guy that everybody wants to root for. You're the true underdog story. You know, what's it like carrying that mantle through all of this? Um, you know, that, that, that's interesting because, you know, when it all started, I didn't know, you know, it's not like I had a plan for any of this. I mean, let's face it. Do I look like the guy who type of guy who has a plan? You know what I mean? I just kind of wing it as I go. And that's how I've been my whole life. And, you know, it's been a very humbling experience to be thrust into that spotlight and, and have your life, you know, highlighted like that. 
But I think the reason, you know, we, we kind of inherited that mantle is because a lot of people seem to identify with us. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we, we're not fancy. We're not, we're not, we make no claims to be the biggest or the baddest. We're just out there, you know, doing what it takes to get the job done and, and try and make our way in life, you know? And, you know, we're very content with our role. Dave, on the show, I mean, there, there's a, a sort of a competition who could get more fish, bigger fish, you know, more expensive fish, get the best tuna and, and yep. uh, stuff like that. But all in all, in the end, you're all in it together. You're all, I mean, friends in the end, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, you know, at times, too, as you see, you know, let's face it, these fish are worth money and we're all trying to get as much as we can. So tempers do flare, and, you know, at times we, we exchange some words with each other, and I think that's a pretty good snapshot of how the fishing industry really is. But, you know, in, in the long and the short of it is, you know, before it's all over or sometimes even at the end of the season, before we end the year on a sour note, you know, you make it a point to kind of mend the fences because the truth is none of us are going anywhere. We're all going to be here for a long time. So it's in your own best interest to learn how to, you know, get along in the long run, you know what I mean? And and not let things, you know, get to a point where you can't function with other people. That's just no fun not a fun place to be in any in anybody's in anybody's business. As far as all you captains getting together, I guess there's one thing that you have in common and I guess my question, Dave, is with the, the as long as you've been in this business, the target and rules and regulations have seemed to have changed on you guys. How yeah. much more difficult can it be to do your job when you're limited to certain things or you can only do this, you can only do that, well, and the regulations set in? Yes. Now, now, from a businessman's point of view, that's very frustrating, right? But behind all that, you know, these regulations are there to preserve and protect the resource, which is very important. It's what the American people demand. And let's face it, it's the American people who own these resources? Fishermen don't own the fish in the sea, and for for general support, you know the 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 uh, the the country generally supports commercial fishing, but they do expect us to fish responsibly. So all these regulations you see as they change, it's all done with the fundamental idea of making sure we you know are harvesting and accessing the resource in a sustainable manner. So. We try not to get too frustrated. Again, when you're running a business, though, that's hard. But at the same point, behind it all, you know, there's, there's, there's a good reason for it, and that's to ensure that we have plenty of fish for all the future generations. Dave, uh, talk a little bit about tuna fishing. And, uh, I mean, the average tuna that you are pulling in isn't the one that, like, I pulled in out of the Baltimore Canyon or the Poor Man's Canyon uh, quite a few years ago. I pulled in a, a yellowfin, 45 inches, 45 pounds. You know, I mean, yeah, that's, nice. that's small compared to some of the fish that you guys are pulling in. Right. And, now, like, we don't get the yellowfins and stuff. We don't get the mixed bag up here in New England. The water's too cold. But, we, look, we, I've always said I love fishing, whether it's, you know, trout fishing in the stream when I get a day off or doing a little bass fishing. Or for me as a commercial fisherman, which is the only reason I ever went tuna fishing is because we could make some money doing it. You know, these fish just exist in my backyard, so it's, it's what we go after. And we're very fortunate to have a fish like this in our backyard. And, 
you know, from being on the show and highlighting that, it's one of the most uh, frequent comments I get is people didn't realize that there was fish that size. You know, at times we're catching these things, you know, less than 10 miles from shore, you know, even closer, three to five miles from land. And yes, at times we do have to travel 100 miles to find them, but there's times of the year, particularly in the fall, where we're, we're catching the majority of our fish very close to home. Now, Dave, you aren't, uh, I mean, if somebody never saw the show and doesn't, you mean, oh, tuna fishing, you know, commercialized, you're not laying out big nets uh, and, and dragging no. the, the sea or anything. You're catching them pretty much old school style with a, with a rod and a reel. Yes, and, and that's done for specific reasons. It's the way we uh, maintain, you know, I mentioned earlier, the sustainability of the fisheries. We target these fish with rod and reel only or hand line or a hand thrown harpoon. And that's to ensure, you know, we tar- target these fish in a, a sustainable manner. You know, one at a time, it's very selective. It's literally an artisanal fishery. And it's one of the most common comments I get uh, from fans from literally around the world. You know, generally, people have in their mind, they hear the word tuna fish, and what pops into their head, you know, be from the, you know, it kind of comes from that anti-fishing lobby that does exist. And, you know, they have this vision of dead dolphins and factory trawlers. And, you know, that's the furthest thing from the truth when it comes to the way we manage our resources in this country. You know, speaking of managing resources in this country, you see a lot of um, things popping up here and there, Dave, about the oceans and, you know, cleaning them up. There's, There's two fellas that are now using recycled materials that they find to clean up the oceans. How are things managed that way like how how have the seas changed a little bit oh oh listen we, we've done a fantastic job i'm a big supporter of all the commercial fisheries in the united states look my primary fishery for decades was fishing with a gill net here in new england for bottom fish species now we've been managing resources in this country since 1972 when the sustainable fisheries act was became law of the land it was voted in by congress 100 to 0, um, and what that, the short version of that law is all the fisheries in the United States, we have to first rebuild to historic levels and then fish them at a sustainable levels to maintain those high level of resources. And I think, although we have some species where rebuilding to historic levels we struggled at, we'd have many species where we have a great, success story behind us in bluefin tuna is only one of many of the fully rebuilt resources that we fish in in this country now bluefin tuna when you see this tuna and and they take that plug in it and they measure the fat and they take a slice out of there (laughs) and look at it and it's all built on on how much fat content is right the more fat the better it is yes and that's for the simple reason for the asian market right A high fat content is desired for the fish when it's consumed raw. If the fish has a low fat content when you're eating it raw, it tends to taste dry to the palate, right? So if you're going to consume this fish raw, which is what primarily that Asian market is, having that high fat content to make it to that Asian market are the most desirable fish to catch for the simple reason they're worth the most money. If a fish has a low-fat content, it's still a good fish. We're not thrilled to catch it. It's in a low-fat content fish, 
would probably wind up on the domestic market here in this country where you might see the tuna steak at your local fish market or um, on occasion you'll see them at some of the supermarkets that cater to local resources. Uh, and those steaks are the type of steaks that are great for grilling or, you know, cooking in some fashion. But it's that high fat content that's desired for the raw market, the sushi market, which generally is an Asian market. Although I will say, you know, I'm, my story is probably like a lot of other people's. I never ate a lot of sushi until my daughter went off to college. And then I'd go visit her like all of us do while she's at college. And, you know, we'd go out to lunch with her and her friends. And, you know, a lot of things, times they wanted to go eat sushi. And they kind of got me turned on to sushi. And the sushi demand is increasing every year in this country as Americans become more sophisticated in their consumption of fish. And more Americans are eating raw sushi and, and different types of raw seafood products. I was just going to point that out and, and ask you. I mean, is you I mean with the popularity growing of sushi in the United States? I mean, that, that has to it only be better for you guys as fishermen, as as it puts a bigger demand on your product. Yes, no, that's one of the um, you know hidden benefits to the show uh, is is to highlight that product that we have in the U.S. In spite of, like, if you've been watching this season nine at Daring, last year, because the resource is so healthy, so much fish were coming in so fast that literally the market tanked, right? We flooded the market, and that's because the, the resource is very sustainable and very healthy. But if these fish cooperate like they did last year and everybody starts catching them every day, you know, there's limits to what the market can sustain. And like any market that involves supply and demand if you have too much supply boom the market tanks so it has been a great um benefit and and personally my personal belief was i think as an industry we haven't fully capitalized on that uh as fishermen that's going to be one of the ways we make the market better for ourselves is if we as an industry learn to capitalize on the I guess the hypersensitivity to this product that we now have because of the show. You know, Dave, when you take a look at this, this is not an easy job, and it's not for the uh, the weak of heart. Um, you know, how, how difficult is it, I guess, to continue to go out and do this? Um, look, for me, in spite of it being a hard job, right, I've always felt very fortunate to be a fisherman. I mean, let's face it, this day and age, it's not always about the money. If you love your job and you can make a living doing it, you know, life isn't isn't all bad, right? So I've always enjoyed the fact that I'm able to be a fisherman. I've always felt, um, you know, very thankful to have that opportunity in this country to be a fisherman. And in spite of the days when, you know, for the so there's few days where, like anybody else, some days you don't want to get up and go to work, but for the most part, you know, I really love my job, and I've always been thankful to be able to do it. Dave, you talk about previous seasons uh, on the Nat Geo channel. Uh, season 10 is coming out uh, July uh, of this year. Uh, yeah, that's actually it's season, I think, season uh, 7 of the Southern Show, okay. right? And we okay. hopefully will start filming season 10 uh, July this year from the original show, the Northern Show. 
So there are two different shows, the, the Northern and then the Outer Banks show. Right. The Outer Banks is considered to be the spinoff show. You know, we started shooting that uh, two years after the original show. I got an interesting question for you, Dave, and maybe the hardest question or the easiest question for you to answer is a lot of times people will name these boats, you know, after different things. You know, a lot of times it's a female's name, it might be a mother or something like that. You run the hard merchandise. How did that yes. name become a part? Well, actually, you know, that's my, that boat name came to the fact that I'm a bit of a Star Wars nerd, right? <laughs> and, you know... If, if you, we've all seen the movies, but if you've read the books, there's a bunch of books that continue the stories, you know, in between the movies. And there's a three series books, three, three part, three book series on the bounty hunters. And the third book in that series, and it's a Star Wars book, the title of that book was actually Hard Merchandise. And that's where I came up with that name. You know, a long time ago, long before TV, but I'll admit, for this TV opportunity, the name worked pretty well. Yes, it did. <laughs> it all goes together, and uh, boy, it's uh, interesting that it would be uh, Star Wars going to the ocean that uh, <laughs> you had decided to do. That's pretty wild. You know, though, when, when you look at the longevity of the show, and it's got quite a, a fan base to it kind of star wars-esque when you think about it you know do you get around on the circuit to see people do they stop by the different docks to see you you know does it work oh yeah way? yeah yeah no it's it's um it's really very humbling because you gotta remember the show is in i think our we're at 171 countries in 48 different languages and you know never mind the, the domestic audience uh you know every summer in gloucester you know, we have a, a heck of a tourist industry, or at least we had here in Gloucester prior to this COVID situation, but we expect things to get back to normal someday. Uh, but, you know, part of our routine now is, you know, we have fans that are waiting down the boats almost every day that we come in from fishing, and we're always happy to say thank you for watching, because without folks like you guys who watch, we'd never have the opportunity that we have had. And, you know, say hello, and we shake hands, and, or at least in the past, we shook hands, and be happy to sign an autograph or two and snap a quick picture, and, you know, we're always happy to see the people who put the effort and the time to come down and see us. Dave, remind us one more time for our listeners uh, where you can catch uh, Wicked Tuna. Ah, yes, please uh, look for Wicked Tuna Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the National Geographic Channel. Uh, and also, if any people have interest in looking up um, myself or our boats, you can check out our website, angelicafisheries.com, and see about fishing trips with us or any, all kinds of other helpful information. I could take a fishing trip with you? Really? Yes, sir. Wow. That's a, that would be great. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, let's face it. Because of the show, you know, that's one of the opportunities. When I speak about opportunities, you know, the opportunity for us to do charters and take passengers out for hire has been, you know, a really great thing for my business. I mean, let's face it, for all the boats in the show, think about what a unique opportunity it actually is. Uh, what other shows can you watch, right, and then actually call the guys up and go out and hang out with them for a day once you decide who you want to go fish with? And 
that opportunity exists for all of the boats that you see on the show. I, I know there's one other show that's out in the ocean. I, I don't think I'd want to go out with them people, but you, I think I'd go out with. <laughs> you don't like crabs, huh? No, it's too cold. <laughs> well, Dave, we want to thank you for taking time out of your day today to talk to us, and uh, we really appreciate this. And you never know, we may be checking out a charter. Uh, yes, please do. Please do. We look forward to seeing you all, and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Dave, and uh, hook on, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great night, guys. Thank you. You too. And there you have it, Doc. Fish on, baby. Maybe when all this pandemic stuff clears, we're making plans, right? Yeah, we are making plans. There's a lot of us uh, already booked, ready to go. I think I've got uh, one, two, three for five spots out of the six that we could fit on the, I have the uh, Falcon. Person. I have the sixth person. So we're booked. We're booked, ready to go. We're going to Gloucester, Massachusetts, my friend. I was just told that it's a long ride, so be prepared. Speaking of long I'm not driving. rides, tomorrow at 3.30, a long ride begins live without oh, fans as the first professional sports. Nope, second. Well, professional bull riding was back. Already. Well, okay. So anyway, the rest of them are all looking at NASCAR. As NASCAR fires up the engines tomorrow, Sands fans at Darlington, and I can't wait to see it. Let's go racing, baby! Well, what's going to happen is a whole lot of wrecks because they have no practice, no qualifying. Hey, I know it's going to be. Funny. It's going to be funny watching the man handle these cars who's around a, the track. Who's on the pole? Brad K. Butt. Brad K. Butt. Anyway, hopefully tomorrow we'll get to uh, enjoy some NASCAR. No rain in South Carolina, please. But that's going to do it for the program. we got to thank our financial benefactors, none bigger than CACL Financial, 1800 West Market Street in the city of Pottsville. Now along the St. Clair Port Carbon Highway and always open at caclfcu.org, you won't find a better fiduciary relationship anywhere. BG's Value Markets, four convenient locations for your shopping experience. Stop by, check them out. Millersburg, Jonestown, Pine Grove, and Minersville. That hot meat, or that fresh meat for the hot irons of the grill, Chaz? It's you no have fresher. to slap it. That's right. And then don't forget Gears Dairy. Coming soon, raspberry iced tea to the retail locations near you. It's Gears Dairy, Schuylkill County's oldest family-owned full-service dairy, the official hydrator WPPA Sports Saturday here on WPPA Pottsville, translator W290DP Pottsville.